Let's make today the day you get one step closer to becoming the parent you've always wanted to be and the parent your children deserve. And welcome to Powerful Parenting for Today's Kids. I am your host, Erin Taylor, and I have wanted to help parents and children literally since I was 11 years old. I created this podcast to help you make a stronger, healthier, deeper connection to your child, to understand the inevitable challenges a little better, and learn some new ways to navigate them when they occur. Thank you for spending some time with me. Now let's get this show started. Hello and welcome to episode 105. Today I wanted to talk about punishments. I read an article this week that really made me feel bad. And I'm not going to tell you the name of the article because I don't really want to drive more traffic to it. But... It seemed like it was getting a lot of interaction and a lot of engagement. And it made me feel sad because I was thinking about the kids whose parents will read this article and the parents are going to try these supposedly wonderful ideas out on their kids. And the article was about creative ways to punish your child and... The title itself, which that's not the title, but the title itself had me uh, kind of gritting my teeth. And then as I read the article, my reaction got stronger as I went on. And so this article suggested that you have to keep changing the punishments because they become ineffective after some amount of time. And I actually disagree with that. I think changing punishments, or I'm sorry, I I think punishments become ineffective because punishments work in the short term, but they don't work in the long term. The same way, as I said last week in my uh, episode about reward charts and sticker charts and why those positive incentives don't work long-term. The idea of punishing doesn't work long-term either. When you come up with a um, an artificial punishment when your child does something, this is not this is not going to last long-term. It might stop the behavior in the short term which is a um, just another subtle form of control. It's just another subtle form of controlling the child's behavior. And really what we should be aiming for is to teach and guide and help the child learn to control their own behavior or manage their own behavior or make better decisions. Now, kids are not going to always make good decisions, just like adults don't make good decisions all the time. Kids are going to make mistakes, and they're going to make a lot of them as they're growing up. This is what childhood is all about, messing up, 
figuring it out, learning a better way and making a better choice next time or maybe five times from now. How many adults do you know that make the same mistake over and over and it takes them a while to figure it out and learn a better way and some adults never learn. So how can we expect more of kids than we do of adults? So this idea of creating artificial consequences like in school when kids used to be forced to write I will not whisper in class 50 times on the chalkboard it's just it's just not a good idea because it really doesn't give the child any guidance whatsoever about what they did now sometimes when a kid makes a mistake they can easily understand why the choice they made was not a good one. So if the teacher is trying, for the, using that example, if the teacher is trying to teach the class and a student or two students are whispering under their breath and disrupting the class, well, I think most kids are going to understand why that's not a good idea. So, but in more subtle things or different kinds of behaviors that a child would do, they might need help understanding why that was a bad choice. And here's the formula that I use with my kids and I encourage parents that I work with to use. When the child makes a mistake, you help the child to understand what they did wrong, why that was not a good choice, and then you look at what happened as a result of their choices. Did they break something? Did they lose something? Did they hurt someone's feelings? You look at what is the result or the consequence of what they did. And then you look at with them what they need to do to make it right, to fix it, to repair it, to replace it. Uh, to earn the person's trust back, whatever it happens to be. You help them look at what they can do to rectify the situation. And then lastly, you help them understand what they can do differently next time to have a better outcome, to make a better choice. And the consequence in the situation is that step three where the child has to figure out, you you and the child work to figure out what needs to be done to rectify the situation, to fix it, to make it better. So if they lose their phone, let's say, an appropriate, if you, if you go through that situation with them, you look at what went wrong and what what went wrong what what was the problem well they lost their phone okay well how why was that a problem that's a problem because you can't lose your phone because it has to be replaced etc cetera, etc cetera. okay so they lost their phone how did they lose their phone how did they make that choice maybe they need um a system or a place a regular place where they put the phone if they take their phone to school, maybe they have a certain spot they put it in their book bag. When they get home, maybe they have a certain spot where they leave it when they're not using it. 
though most kids are probably having it on their in their possession the majority of the time. But you look at how you can fix that situation, how how that got to that point, because they probably didn't put it in a um, regular place in the case of losing a phone. And then what is what needs to be done in order to rectify the situation? Well, I guess they're going to need a new phone. But would it be helpful? Would it be the best thing for them if you just ran out and bought them a new phone? No, not really, because then they're not having to be responsible for fixing the situation. If a new phone costs $100, then maybe they have to earn $100. Or maybe some phone, you know, new phones cost $500, whatever. Well, maybe you'll put, maybe you agree to put some money towards the cost of the phone and they put some money towards the cost of the phone. Maybe they have to do extra chores or extra jobs around the house to earn the money to go towards the phone. This is a way that, this is a, a natural, logical consequence to losing your phone. But then you have to help them figure out how they can not make the same mistake moving forward. And that's what I was saying, like um, putting the phone in a regular spot in their backpack or putting it in a regular spot when they're home or when they go in the bathroom to wash their hands, don't put it on the sink where they'll forget about it, but rather put it in their pocket or hold it under their arm. Some ideas, it helps to come up with some ideas of how they can avoid making that mistake again. But it wouldn't be appropriate to have the child lose out on video game time because they lost their phone. That has nothing to do with the mistake that they made. It wouldn't be appropriate <clears throat> to make the child, to to um, um, punish the child by canceling all, uh, ground them, no hanging out with friends. That has nothing to do with losing a phone. It's not connected to the mistake that they made. It's not a natural or logical consequence. It is an artificial one. So when your child makes a mistake, this is the formula that helps you to teach and guide them, which is our job as parents, and to connect deeper with them even through moving through and working through a bad choice that they made or a mistake that they made or poor judgment that they used. You can even connect more deeply with them as you're helping them move through a mistake. And so I want you to uh, really think about this and give it some thought as to how it might apply in your own home with your own kids. And feel free to message me, find me on social media, what have you. I would love to hear your feedback. There's a million more things I could say on this subject, but we're already at almost 11 minutes, so I will, um, I think I'm going to turn this off and come back on and do a part two for episode 106. 
So wherever you are in this world, I hope that you make it a fabulous day for yourself. That wraps up this episode of Powerful Parenting for Today's Kids. If you know anyone who could benefit from this episode or this podcast in general, please share it with them. Also, I always love hearing feedback from my listeners. I welcome you to send me an email to erin at erin-taylor.com if you have any comments or questions that come up for you in an episode. Our children are our future. Parenting them is the most sacred task we will ever be asked to do. It truly does take a village to raise a child. Let's help each other to raise our children to be who it is they are meant to be. If at any point you feel like you need a little extra help and support, reach out to me. I am here to help you.